Take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Season one of the Balloon Artist Podcast, and this is a special. So it's actually chapter 3.5. And today with me, I have Fulvia Hughes, who is a balloon artist from Israel, originally from Australia. And uh, Fulvia worked as a twister and has a circus act for seven years now. She is now in the process of doing her CBAs, which are the Certified Balloon Artist exams from Qualitex, and uh, she already completed the QBN uh, theoretical tests, and she's now getting ready to do her practical exam. Actually, it will be happening at the end of the month in an Israeli convention here, and uh, this is really exciting. Hello, Fulvia. Hi, Zivi. I forgot to mention that uh, we had a really good opportunity to work together side by side in a few of the gigs that uh, Guy Sheffer from Ballonism was able to arrange. Uh, he had a nice uh, festival for balloons last year in Haifa, and uh, we had the opportunity to work side by side. And uh, you have uh, an amazing touch uh, on the decor side, so uh, I'm really happy for you to take, the, to take your decor to the next level. Thanks, Divi. It was really great working with you, too. Cool. So today we are going to discuss a little bit about the CBA practical exam. Uh, in case you don't know, guys, uh, the practical exam is a four-hour-long exam where you have to do several tasks um, and uh, we will talk all about that today in the interview with Fulvia. So basically, it's not really a structured uh, interview. We're just going to brainstorm and try to discuss about the CBI exam and try to give Fulvia tips uh, so that it will be easier for her to pass the exam at the end of the month. So uh, Fulvia, please uh, go ahead. Uh, yes, so I guess first I'd just like to Here's some general tips or an impression that you got for the day that can prepare me to walk into the exam. Cool. So in, in general, um, there are two parts for the exam. Like the main part is the actual practical part where you need to prepare a, a deliverable bouquet uh, according to a design given to you. Uh, and you need to create uh, your own deliverable uh, design and your own centerpiece design. And you need to build a five balloon cluster column and you need to make a flower and you need to pass an interview. So the actually the interview is the one that I would like to mention in advance, first of all. And in this interview, you're going to be asked questions, theoretical questions, from the QBN theoretical tests. There are three tests and three DVDs that you already learned from and uh, memorized. But the first tip would be to make sure that you remember everything on the theoretical level by heart. So go over all the three tests, print them out, memorize the questions, memorize the answers. Uh, maybe if you have time, even watch the DVD. But don't just watch the entire hours and hours of it, but mainly uh, watch each chapter of the DVD and listen to the first sentence of 
that chapter. So if they have, like the name of the chapter is Principles uh, and Elements of Design, and uh, they explain what are the principles and elements of design, then this is the first sentence. This is the one that you need to listen and memorize. So by getting really a good preparation for the theoretical part, it will take most of the stress out because I know you and uh, like I know a lot of balloon artists, they know the practical part. They know they've done it before. They did many bouquets or centerpieces and so on. But the theoretical part is the one that might scare you and put pressure on you in the test. So my first tip would be just to memorize all of the questions and get ready to the theoretical questions, like even the questions about what types of insurance you need in your business. And I don't think they will ask you something that requires calculation with uh, how many helium goes into this and that balloons. But all of the other questions that are not mathematical, I would focus definitely on those and learning them by heart. Okay, that's good tips so far, thanks. Um, also, I wanted to ask about when I go in there, what's the structure of the exam? When does the interview happen and so on? So here's the thing. You don't really know when the interview part happens. So the interview is only 10 minutes long inside a four-hour-long test. And you don't have uh, any free time on those four hours. You just walk and walk and walk. And uh, you, you, you get to choose what you do first, but there's one thing you can choose, and that is the timing of the interview. So basically, you will be announced that you can go to the to the table where your uh, examiner or judge will be, and they will tell you when to come, and then that's your 10 minutes. So this is another reason why you should be really ready for the interview. You shouldn't be too stressed about it. They will call you eventually. You will need to stop what you're doing and go and do the interview. Okay. And you said that we can choose the order of things that we do. Do you have any recommendations of when, to, where to start and where to finish? So for me, the, I usually like to get the hard stuff first. So because yeah. I practiced the, 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 the designs that I made, which are like a centerpiece and a deliverable, those two designs I practiced at home in Israel. I practiced at the hotel in uh, in Denver and so I, w- I was feeling ready and uh, I felt like this is the easy part for me but the hard part for me was to copy the deliverable it was a seven layer deliverable with a lot of techniques inside so it was uh, kind of stressful for me to make sure that it looks good and build the column strong enough and so on so I prefer to do First, the things that are a surprise for me and only at the end to do the designs that I planned ahead. And also there is another reason for that because I made my designs in kind of layers. So uh, you can you can um, have a core design and then some some pimp on top of it. So some uh, extra details that are not mandatory. And only if you have enough time, you can put the extra details on your designs. So by having different amount of time that I intend to invest on those two uh, designs, uh, that allowed me some flexibility in terms of uh, using my time. Eventually, I did use uh, all of the details that I wanted to do on my designs, but I needed 
all of the four hours. Like I was actually creating uh, 160 swirls up to the last minute of the exam. <laughs> okay. Um, that's a really good tip, actually, to be able to add more to your design if you have time. I like that. And maybe we can talk a bit about the designs now and um, cool. what to, how to prepare. Yeah, so the most important thing is to understand that this is not a test about creativity. It's not a test about uh, being original. Uh, this is a test about understanding and demonstrating that you understand the principles and elements of design. So you need to show that you know how to create unity in your design and how you create a line and how you create um, proportion and scale and how you choose your colors, harmonies, basically create a harmonious design. All of those principles of designs that you learn about on the QBN are super important. The mechanics is important and so on. So it doesn't matter if you're building something from scratch or even copying a design of someone else. As long as that design is very good in showing that you understand the principles of design. So the, the core idea is that you should choose something that meets the rules. So don't try to break the rules in the test. Don't You have plenty of time later to break the rules and say, oh, I want an asymmetric design. And uh, it makes sense to have asymmetric design because, I don't know, my customer is asymmetric too. I don't know. Um, but for now, for the test, you need to try and adhere to the rules. And this means that you need the size of the centerpiece to, to, to be the right size, you know, the 14-inch rule and to make sure that the helium is uh, proportional and uh, in scale to your to the rest of the of your design and that's that's the main the main things i wanted to say about when you choose your design try to keep it simple and make it uh, make sure that if you go on the list of principles and elements of design one by one all of the principles and elements of design are easily demonstrated in your design Okay, and are there any techniques that I should be demonstrating that they're looking for when I create my design, apart from all the, the composition, um, specific techniques that I should be using? So I would recommend you to use uh, as simple as simplest techniques as possible. No frumple twist, no uh, clever twisting uh, that is uh, like over-the-top twisting, um, uh, really, like in your designs for the centerpiece and deliverable, try to keep the twisting uh, techniques to the minimum, just the ones that you need in order to show that you know what a line is, that you know what is harmony, what is unity, and so on. You should incorporate something with twisting if you can and if you like it and if it fits your design. I would recommend it because it really adds value to, 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 to the design and shows that you know how to create unity with twisting balloons. But I wouldn't go over the top and try to prove that you are uh, able to create uh, extremely complicated features of the, and with techniques because you also have a time limit. And I don't want you to lose a lot of time because you're popping balloons. And also remember, like the, the one that will give you the score for the designs uh, might take his time. So maybe two hours later after the four hours. And this means that you can't afford having a leakage 
if you have a leakage in your design, it's bad news. You'll get, you'll, you will lose a lot of scores. So by keeping it simple with the techniques, uh, you will make sure that you don't have any unnecessary leakage. And by the way, this doesn't mean you don't need to know all of those techniques, especially for the deliverable that you will be uh, copying. So one task is to copy a deliverable. And in this task, they will give you all of the techniques that are out there. So uh, latex inside, inside a plastic bubble and latex inside a flatex and foil and uh, all kinds of sizes of balloons and different stacking order and so on. And you need to pay attention to how to tie the, the bubble balloon and how to make the internal bubble, the, the internal, internal balloon the right size, just like you see it on the deliverable sheet of paper. So you will have an opportunity to prove that you know techniques, just not on the designs that you make. Okay, uh, great. So you, you mentioned all these techniques. Are they all on the DVDs or are there other resources that I should be using to learn the techniques for the bouquet that I have to copy? So here's the thing. Uh, it's, it's not really, it doesn't really matter if you do things exactly like in the DVD. Like uh, one great resource is uh, the best balloon blog by Sue Bowler. I'll put a link for the blog, like it's really easy to find it on Google, but I will put a, a link to it on the balloonartistpodcast.com uh, show notes for this uh, special. Uh, and um, uh, one in particular uh, post by Sue Bowler is the one about how to make a five cluster balloon column. And uh, she has a video that demonstrates how to do it. It's very important. Uh, to practice this because in the test they will take your column and they will play around with it and try to break it. Uh, and it's, uh, it's important for you to work well and to create a strong five balloon cluster column. Uh, so apart from the QBN DVDs, you sure, you sure can use, uh, the resource of the best balloon blog by Subolo. And one additional resource is find three CBAs and send them pictures of what you're planning to do. Send them pictures because they will find, they will find what's missing on your design really easily. They will notice a problem with the proportion or the scale. They will say if it's too noisy or, or if they feel it has harmony, harmonious uh, feeling to the design. So find three, three CBAs, show them your pictures ask them for, for their advice. And this is actually a good opportunity for networking and for, you know, building a relationship with people that are in your status, in your uh, uh, industry, in your niche. So uh, those are the three tips. Uh, use the DVDs, use the Sue Baller blog, and uh, use other CBAs. Okay, thanks. Uh, great tips. I have to say I do look up and Sue Baller's blog a lot for decor. It's really great. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we were talking about the designs that we make that I would compose. How long do you think it should take in the exam to make So it's a good question. Uh, I would aim for something between 20 to 40 minutes. Obviously, if it's something you can build in 10, it might be not elaborate enough. If it takes an hour or an hour and a half, you're going to fail the test. You're not going to have enough time to make, to do both. 
and it is stressful. Like people are walking around you, people are being called to the interview. Uh, there is a line to use the machinery, like the precision air and so on. So you need to have uh, some some extra time for yourself and don't have a design that is too hard. And you should actually practice. You should actually create the design with a time uh, being measured with a stopper uh, or a timer and see that you can make it in 20 to 30 minutes. This means it will take you 30 to 40 minutes in real life, but uh, try to make sure that uh, it's not more than that. Great. And do you have a resource that you can point me to for examples of designs that I can get an idea of the level? So I would definitely take a look at the catalog, like the Qualitex catalog and the magazines, like Magic Magazine. Those are awesome resources for these kind of uh, designs that you need to make. Because any deliverable there, any centerpiece, like uh, 99% adheres to the rules of the principles and elements of designs. So I would start there. Of course, you know, Facebook is full with... Uh, Certified balloon artists that uh, post uh, post their work, and you can take a look there. It's not that hard to just create something simple for yourself. You can start with a bubble that you like, uh, and just build everything around that bubble. That's something that uh, Alberto Falcone uh, uh, recommends doing, and also Sue Boller. Uh, you can uh, just choose a theme and work around the theme. So, for example, if it is a, a newborn party. Just go with something that meets the, the, the theme and build it around there. Uh, so it's either copying and getting inspiration from the catalog or from magazines or from a specific balloon or from a specific theme. And what about helium? Should I be using it in all my designs or what do you think? So basically on the deliverable, yeah, for sure use helium because it's just very happy to get a deliverable with balloons with helium and it, 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 it makes sense, you know, it's the business. On the centerpiece, you can go without helium, but I have to say from my experience, from going uh, to WBC 2014 and noticing what other people do, uh, everyone are using helium, like 99% of the designs use helium. I think that using helium is smarter for this test, basically because... Uh, it allows you to prove that you know the principles and elements of designs uh, uh, more easily because you have to uh, show that you know the 14 inches rule. You have to show that you know how to create a line. And, the, and creating a line with helium, it's just easier to do. So I would recommend using helium. Okay. Uh, thanks. And, oh, yes, I have one. About the two designs that I have to create, should they be completely separate and use completely different balloons? Or can there be similarity? What do you think? It's a good question. Basically, you don't have to make them similar in any way. It's not like those are for the same event and they need to complement each other. They don't. So if I were you, like I would prefer to have two different uh, themes, two different reasons for the designs, because this way you prove that you are not only the, you know, newborn party designer. 
you know how to make a deliverable for birthday and you know how to make a centerpiece for an event. So I would personally recommend having two different designs for different events, but it's not that it is uh, like uh, mandatory on the rules uh, of the CBA practical exam. Uh, as far as I know, and, and again, take all of my advices with a grain of salt. I did my test two years ago. Uh, as you can see, it's still fresh in my memory because I really got into it. But, uh, you know, read the rules, get an advice from, uh, from, from your distributor of balloons and so on. And uh, in general, I would do two different designs for two different events. Okay. And do you think that designs that um, there'll be designs for my portfolio or designs that I'll be able to sell? Is that what I'm aiming towards? So I would have to say uh, yes and no. So I think that maybe when you're making your first portfolio, you should have different levels of designs and some of them should be simpler than the ones that you will make for the test. But definitely it might inspire you to uh, a variation of something that you will sell or definitely maybe for your uh, ID book, you could show what you did. I don't think that something that you should think about now. It's not like you're designing your portfolio now. You're getting ready for a test. The test is not necessarily 100% the same scenario as what you will encounter in real life. So in real life, you sometimes have the opportunity to break the rules. You sometimes create things that are a little bit uh, bigger than you need to, or maybe you didn't have the opportunity to go to the event and to notice that, uh, that there's a scale issue and so on. So in real life, you might have your own problems to fix and your own designs to, to promote. And again, like uh, the material cost will be more an issue on real life than on a test. So I would recommend splitting the entire two experiences. Uh, here, the experience uh, for the test is to build something that demonstrates your understanding of the principles and elements of designs. And on real life, when you're back into your business and your CBA, then create new designs that meets your budget and that, that meets your, your needs and basically that are really good looking for your customers and are easy to sell for your customers. Yes, okay. So for the exam, it's really just focusing on the, the rules and just the things for the exam. Yeah, make it simple, simple for yourself. Make it easy for yourself. Don't, uh, don't create a design which is like too elaborate and too original, you know, and uh, will be hard for you to recreate in the test and try to make it uh, scalable and try to make it stable so that you can make sure that you're not losing points on the mechanics or on leakage. Yes. And what do you think I should be bringing into the exam? I know that there's a list, but maybe you have some extra tips. Um, all I can say is that I had the opportunity of uh, doing the CBA practical exam next to a very, very nice talented balloon artist called Charlene Mack. And Charlene was, uh, sorry, Charlene, she was a little bit underprepared in terms of bringing everything. So I eventually had to like share some of my tools with her, like, I don't know, 
some of the pumps and stuff like that or even specific colors of balloons so all I can say is that bring lots of stuff bring extra sharpies bring extra tools you know be nice to the person that needs help beside you if they need your 160 pump let them use the 160 pump those are friendship for life you know and so in general uh, don't forget to bring something to eat and uh, something to drink don't forget to to take your coffee in the morning and you'll be fine it's just you know it looks hard and it, it is hard and uh, not everyone passed the test when i did the test about 20 people didn't pass the test that was a lot so it was uh, like a uh, 25% or something like that. But you will be fine as long as you're ready for it, as long as you did your homework, memorized the theoretical part, practiced your designs a few times, and also made sure that you know the techniques, that you know how to tie a bubble with a latex balloon inside, that you know how to create a double bubble with, you know, three latex balloons inside one latex balloon and, and um, one to 60 inside a, three, uh, inside a 16 inch balloon and so on. Hmm. Okay. And what about the equipment that we share there, the helium tanks and et cetera? How does that work? So basically, there's there's a helium tank for you to use and uh, a precision air or, or an Air Force 4, some kinds of equipment that is professional and uh, easy to use. And to be honest, it doesn't create any, any tension because everyone are very excited about the test and are, they, everyone wants to help each other. So you, you, you have enough resources there in order for you to work efficiently. Just don't get uh, too edgy. Uh, so that you can't smile. So make sure you can still smile to people. Okay. It's <laughs> a pretty good overview that you gave me. I have a much better idea already what to expect and how to prepare. Uh, that's really great. Cool. Uh, actually, I feel like the most important thing is practice and to share your work with uh, three CBAs uh, because that's really an opportunity to to get someone to help you and i know uh, a lot of balloon artists that, that are cbas they like they like helping out so i encourage you to choose free cbas and share your designs with them and get their advice and uh, be open for their advice and i think that it will be really fun for you to to pass the exam and I encourage you to send us pictures of the designs that you plan to, to do even uh, uh, before the CBA exam and I will be very happy to follow up with you and share with the Balloon Artist Podcast Nation about the results of your test. Okay, thanks. I'll definitely do that. <laughs> cool. That will be an opportunity for everyone to learn from it. Uh, so before we wrap up, uh, I'd like to mention uh, our sponsor for today's special. Our sponsor today is Qualitex, the very best balloons. Qualitex makes great balloons, but they also create awesome conventions. And WBC 2016 is just around the corner. So if you are going, that's awesome. I'm sure you will learn so much from it. It's an awesome experience and it was really useful for me to go to WBC 2014. I wish I could come, but... If you are on the fence 
and you need an extra push, something to help you decide to go to WBC, something that will help you get the entire $795 US dollars investment back to your business big time and something that will give you some uh, extra perks and physical things that you can get in case you're on the fence and want to go to the WBC, then I got something prepared for you from Zivikivi and from Qualitex. So check that out on balloonartistpodcast.com slash WBC. Again, go to balloonartistpodcast.com slash WBC and you can see that if you are on the fence, we can really help you get off the fence and go to New Orleans in 2016. So everyone, thank you so much for joining us on this special Fulvia. Thank you so much again. And I'll be see you uh, on Friday in chapter four, where we get to listen to Christopher Lyle teach us all about the secrets of restaurant work. See you guys. Thanks a lot, Jibby. I really appreciate all the tips and I'll let you know how it goes. I'm lo- really looking forward to it. You'll be awesome. So thank you, Fulvia, and see you, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye.